0: A Deeper Look at Simchat Torah So We Can Rejoice in the Law by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor To the eighth-day child, the law of God written on their hearts and minds is something to celebrate, rejoice in, shout about. They understand that obedience to the law of God guarantees the original order and harmony experienced before mankind fell from God's grace. The whole universe at that time enjoyed a state of perfection and functioned according to God's perfectly calculated plans for creation. The children of God love His laws, know His sovereignty, and try hard to be obedient. As they also know, those who obey His will are made perfect. Wow! Many of the world's churches teach we are not under the law any longer. And yes, we are not under the law of Moses, but we are sure under the laws of the kingdom. In fact, if we are not, we are considered by the Lord lawless and in great danger of being declared part of Satan's body at the ingathering of his people. Matthew, chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? So knowing his name, using his name, is not enough. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me. You who practice lawlessness. Jesus did not break the law. So to truly be a part of his body, once he can live through, we must first become law-abiding citizens of his kingdom. What is kingdom law? The laws are God's will concerning all things. We pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Yet out of ignorance we break every law of the kingdom imaginable, putting us outside the kingdom and keeping us captives of this world. In this world we are under Satan's jurisdiction. His laws govern us. We must therefore bow to sickness, pain, and death. We are forced to succumb to his nature, and he, according to Scripture, came to kill, steal, and destroy us. It is therefore fact all lawbreakers in opposition to God's will are held as prisoners to Satan's realm and destined to carry out the will of God's adversary. In other words, God has laws. So does Satan. The laws of the kingdom bring life, protecting us, guiding us in a perfect direction, keeping us free of all Satan's snares and his will. Satan's laws are completely opposite. They corrupt and bring bondage to those governed by them. Understand, God's laws supersede the laws of Satan, the laws of man, and even the physical laws pertaining to earth. God's law is therefore supreme above all. But we as humanity have ignored the law of God. Many of us are not aware God's laws even exist as man has been subject to the knowledge and teaching of the enemy since the garden. Our minds and hearts are therefore held captive by the adversary, and we are in bondage and dependent on the things of this world. Adam and Eve were the first to break the law of God. They disobeyed the command forbidding them to taste or touch the tree of good and evil. Yet they chose Satan over Christ making themselves unrighteous trees and no longer a part of the natural order of creation. All they were given dominion over were therefore out of order also. Satan had successfully removed harmony from God's perfect creation. Jesus came to destroy the works of Satan, however, and to set us free of this half-hazard world and restore order. Isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 through 3, prophesies of this. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, Jesus, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. This is spiritually as well as physically. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord And the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. The obedient will be jubileed. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise. For the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called. Trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That he may be glorified. Order will be restored. A side note, did you notice we were all called trees in this passage of Scripture? Well, so were Satan and Christ referred to as trees in the garden. This understanding exposes a lot of false doctrine, doesn't it? But let us get back to Jesus reestablishing order. In First John 3, verse 8, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Since Adam and Eve chose the counsel of Satan over the knowledge of God, the fallen angels of Genesis chapter 6, that were led by Satan, had the right to help him teach mankind his evil thinking and his perverted ways. It is through this twisted knowledge the world we live in, and its systems were developed. Not only could they teach man, now not covered or protected by the law of God, but the angels married into them, resulting in an altered race, a mixed species, and we are their descendants. It all will be destroyed, however, as this is the work of the devil and in opposition to God's will and way. His demise is already completed in the supernatural, and this final victory will manifest on earth as God's children mature and come forth, walking in the will of the Father, obeying His laws. Our Creator lovingly gives us the opportunity to start over. We can be born again through His knowledge, His Word, and become new creatures with the laws of God written on our hearts and minds to guide us. First Peter Chapter 1, verse 23. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. See Revelation, chapter 19, verses 11 through 16. Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 16, reveals these laws. This is the covenant that I will make with them, After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. These are the laws we must be covered by, church. His precepts, His statutes, His laws that mirror His will are there for us to build lives in His kingdom that are blessed, fruitful, prosperous, total shalom. Instead of Satan in our midst as a roaring lion seeking those he can consume or devour, God will be there to wipe away the tears of his children, to renew them, restoring even their bodies. Satan's law of death put us under a timeline, whereas God's laws produce eternal results. Since there is no defeating the laws of God, it makes us and all we accomplish within His laws eternal, forever. They are unchangeable, not open to challenge by any created being, including Satan and all that follow Him, both in the natural and the supernatural. So who would actually want to break God's laws on purpose? Who would willingly choose the tree of good and evil over the tree of life? Yet many of us do this daily. Let me show you. Revelation chapter 22, verses 14 through 15, shows us. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may enter through the gates into the city. So the opposite of blessed, when we break the law, is cursed. But outside are dogs unclean people, and sorcerers, those involved in witchcraft, and sexually immoral, sexual relationships outside of marriage, pornography, homosexuals, etc., and murderers, those that hate the brethren, and idolaters, anything we think about more than God, and whoever loves and practices a lie, Do we fit into any of these categories? All the above were introduced to mankind through their lawlessness and adherence to Satan's advice. So would we today rather listen to the counsel of Satan or the word of God? Romans chapter 11 verses 33 through 34 says of God, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Only what he reveals. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has become his counselor? Certainly not Satan, the fallen angels or any man. James tells us how to seek God to find answers. He loves us and reveals what is needed for our restoration. James, chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Knowing what we know now, why would we want to walk in the world's knowledge and live in this chaotic world that surrounds us when God is offering peace and joy in the kingdom. In fact, if we love God and follow His laws, meaning we are obedient to Scripture, there is no way we could continue to love the world or the things approved by it. Our heart's desire will be to see the kingdom established and God's perfectly calculated formulas reinstated, bringing perfect alignment and harmony back to all creation. First John chapter 2, verse 17 And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. This scripture, as well as all scripture, is law. See how it works for us? It sets us free of the world and its abuse. It says, if we keep the law or do God's will, we can live forever. That's law. it's the law of liberty. In First John chapter two verses fifteen through sixteen, the law says, "Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All has evolved from Satan's mind, his knowledge for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. It is the pursuit of these things, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life, that causes Adam's race to marry like kind. In other words, they are attracted to those with similar interests and moral structure, preserving the bloodlines of the fallen angels, and even intensifying their traits and nature. So ask yourselves, with the knowledge we now have, why would we want to support the world or its systems? Who in their right mind would choose to be governed by man's government, rather than those God himself selected to live through as the head of his body? Would we not rather be led by obedient ones, backed by God's sovereignty, and guided by His Spirit over those operating through the world's knowledge? Also, with what we know now, why would we want to continue in the world's religions? Who purposely wants to be fed false doctrines or lies from man's intellect or counseled by church hierarchies guided by the world's knowledge? They are good and evil, hypocrites that appear holy but the fruit of their lives proves different. Would we not instead want to follow leaders that have laid down their worldly hopes and dreams to do the will of God and carry out His laws? Should we not choose those that have entered His rest, ceased from their own works, to manifest the Father's will and plan, helping to renew, restore, regenerate mankind? Who would not want to follow the example of those that have turned their backs to the world and have set about establishing the will or laws of God in fulfillment of Scripture, prophecy, and the song of God? In comparing the kingdom of God to this world, we must first understand the planet abides forever. God made it. It is eternal. But two completely opposite empires exist. The world and its prince and the kingdom and its prince. Have you ever seen a double exposure picture? The one image overlays the other, but both are visible. The world and the kingdom are much like that. Both have their laws, culture, etc. What is in our hearts and minds will make one or the other visible through our actions. Our spirit man is far more apt to discerning kingdom law and retaining God's Word, then our soul man. So we do better to walk being led by our Spirit, who communes well with the Holy Spirit. You see, the covenants, the beautiful promises of God, are yet in the future, while we're still in the world. They have been revealed to man to help us come out of it. The promises are a reality, however, and waiting for us in the kingdom. God spoke the promises into existence, personally made the covenants with us, and sealed them in His own blood. They are law. In other words, His covenants are tangible, applicable, to us right now in the kingdom. But just a shadow of things to come, promises in the world, it is therefore absolutely imperative to come out of the world systems. Most are ready to leave her banking and be free of debt anyway. God's law says, Owe no man anything but love. Come out of the world's educational systems also. They are time-consuming, expensive, and teach man's intellect based on Satan's tainted knowledge. And why not choose to be guided, protected, led by a government chosen by God? That establishes his laws and covenant promises. Choose for yourself a culture based on unity, love, joy, and mercy, and be content to be a part of God's family, rather than lawlessly being divided into denominations, different beliefs, ethnic groups, men, women, icons, whatever. All this division is of the world, in the kingdom. We are all one in Christ. There is no distinction between Greek or Jew, slaves or free, male or female. He is not a respecter of persons. And to return to the beginning perfection, we must be united in mind and heart. So in closing, God equally loves us all, created us as His children, one Father, one blood, And we were individually meant to be blessed, healthy, free, and happy. So from now on, when we read the Lord's Prayer, Your kingdom come, your will be done. Perhaps we will have a little deeper perspective and a whole lot more conviction concerning our will and desires. As our natures begin to change and our ways align with God's will, The law of God will become a welcomed covering. We will begin to rejoice in the law of our God. Oh, by the way, as you study more concerning God's feasts, you will discover the final feast, Simchat Torah, means rejoicing in the law.